Hello, welcome to the first episode of season four of the Milk Podcast. In this episode, we will introduce the execs, do a brief getting to know you section, and talk about back to school tips and how to set yourself up for success this school year. We will also be joined by West Hill. My name is Maggie, uh, I go to AITE, and I am a junior. And I've been ex- an exec for two years and my pronouns are she, her. Hi, I'm Enzo, I'm an exec at AITE. I am a senior, this is my second year as an exec and I use the he series of pronouns. Hi, um, my name is Lucas. I'm a senior. This is my second year as an exec, um, and I use they, he pronouns. Hello, I'm Namaya. I'm a sophomore at AID. This is my first year as an exec, and my pronouns are she, her. Also at AIT, we have Ashlyn, who is a senior, Ella, who is also a senior, and Brooke, who is a sophomore. Hi, I'm Orleni. I'm a senior, and this is my second year as an exec at West Hill High School. Hi, I'm Marvy. I'm a sophomore, and this is my first year as an exec at West Hill, and my pronouns are she, her. Hi, I'm Ruby. I'm a sophomore at West Hill. This is my first year being an exec, and my pronouns are also she, her. The other execs at West Hill are Sophia, Juliana, Fatima, and Alex. All right, now getting into a bit of a ritual we have here on the podcast, um, asking the question for everyone. In one word, how do you feel right now? Um, So I'll start and I'll say I'm excited for the first episode of the podcast. That was more than one word, but. Um, I am also feeling excited. I feel satisfied with what I got done today, which let's just shorten that to satisfied because it's supposed to be one word. Um, I'm feeling productive. I'm feeling studious because I like just finished, well, not just finished, but I was doing a bunch of like, like I wrote like seven pages notes. So I did a lot. I'm also feeling studious because I was taking a lot of notes for AP World, so I got a lot done. Um, I'm also feeling productive. All right, now we'll be getting into the getting to know you section um, of the podcast. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to do a series of four, like, quick little questions. So the first question is, what is your favorite animal? Um, I guess I'll start. I really like owls because they have, like, really funny looking skinny legs under all their feathers and they can like turn 180 and I think it's really freaky but also really cool um I feel like depending on the day my answer to this question will change but right now I'm gonna go with the chinchilla because they're very soft and they're so cute and I had one as a class pet in preschool and like since then I just had like a special spot for chinchillas um if I don't want to be pretentious I would say frogs but I I really like this uh bird called the loon it's very pretty and it has a very pretty call um so if anybody knows what that is then yeah but i also like frogs for me it would have to be ferrets i just think they're so cute and like longs furry snakes i like pandas i've been seeing a lot of videos online of them like i guess like for fun they just like like throw themselves around or something I don't know it's kind of funny so I really like pandas right now I'd say lions 
probably because, I don't know, like lion cubs, they're just so cute. But yeah. Um, I like deer. I just think they look so majestic, and I hate when they get run over. Okay, word. Um, we'll move on to our second question is, what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, I guess I'll start with every question. I personally got really into Sudoku like two weeks ago, and now I spend like at least an hour every day doing Sudoku puzzles. I feel like like a 60-year-old man, but you know, brain exercises. Um, I'll continue along that thing. I like doing, I do the Wordle every day and that's kind of like my like me time. Like I'll just sit down for like five minutes and do it. And also over the summer, I like got really into crosswords and I would like do like so many crosswords a day. Um, but besides that, I also like, I play field hockey and lacrosse and I also like watching movies and spending time with my friends. Um, that's hard to say. Like for me, if I want to, if I'm feeling productive in my free time, then I'll go out and like take pictures and stuff because I enjoy photography. But if I'm not feeling productive, then I'll, um, I'll play some games. I'm trying to finish my last playthrough of Elden Ring right now. <laughs> I like to make vision boards, like go on Pinterest and find like, I don't know, outfits I like and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Okay, so this isn't something that I would do like every day because it's not something that like happens every day. But I like um going to like concerts or traveling, and I think that that's something like planning it or like planning an outfit. Um, something I like look forward to, and it motivates me through school because I'm like getting all my work done early so that like I can ha not have homework on like the day of a concert or something. So in the summer, I really got into like reading every single day. Um, so yeah, that's what I mainly like to do in my free time. I mean, I don't really have that much free time anymore, so I barely read anymore. But, you know, like the rare times when I do have free time, I just read. Um, in my free time, like Maggie, I do all the New York Times games every day, my mom. And I also like to hang out with my friends and my family. And I also like watching TV. <laughs> Those are all really cool hobbies, like those. So uh, third question, why did you all join Milk? I'll begin. I uh, joined Milk, well, first, I kind of just heard of it from my friends, almost my entire friend group at in sophomore year and even today is in Milk. So I wanted to like spend a little more time after school doing things. And I also thought like the mission of Milk was really interesting. Like I had never even heard like of a mental health activism organization at the high school level before. So I wanted to see, you know, what it was all about. And now I'm an exec and it's been three years. Where does the time go? Um, I joined Milk because, well, first of all, my, um, I have three older brothers and they all were, did Milk and were execs. And so I had kind of heard about it before I even got to AITE. Um, so I was like, it sounds like something that was pretty interesting and that I wanted to do. So um, that's part of the reason I wanted to do it. And then also like seeing like, my friends and like my family and like my own journey with mental health and just like being aware of mental health as whole well is something I wanted to get involved with and milk gave me the ability to do that so yeah I I kind of have similar reason to Maggie like I originally joined because my sister um was an exec uh um, years ago but 
it it, it kind of it wasn't the only reason for me it was like personally i had gone through my own things and like had to deal with that and like joining would help me help other people not go through the same things and also learn more about myself and my own things in the process so yeah I joined Milk because I'm a very shy person and I just wanted to like put myself out there. So I joined a bunch of clubs and like Milk stuff for some reason. Now I'm here. I joined Milk because I heard about um like the core values and mission and I thought that it was something that like was really important to me and I want to do something when I'm older with like mental health. So um that's kind of a way of like doing it um when I'm younger. And then I like the way I like even joined the club like without knowing about really what they do is kind of because my friends were in it and I just kind of like tagged along and then I realized like what it was and I really liked it so I so I stayed. So I joined Mill because as a freshman I just wanted to try out new things so I joined a bunch of clubs and Milk was one of them and I remember seeing like a ton of Milk posters about mental health um, and I thought it was really cool. So yeah, that's why I joined. Well, I know Milk has three different topics that it focuses on, but the one that really made me want to join was mental health. Someone very close to me struggles with mental health and to be able to help to end the stigma around it um, seemed like a great idea. All right, fourth and final question. What has been your favorite thing that Milk has done or that you have done with or through Milk? Uh, I'll go first and probably give a really basic answer. I think middle school outreach is super, super fun because it's like probably the most involved thing we do. And I don't know if I'm speaking solely to my experience, but I know like a lot of people have also kind of had the same thing. Like where middle school was a really, really tough time because, you know, kids are mean and it's a time of change and why would you stuff 13 year olds into the same building it was just really tough for me and had I had something like middle school outreach I live in Norwalk so I didn't I don't think COIL does the same thing if I had resources like that I think my time and adjustment into high school would have been a lot easier personally um I would say my favorite thing that uh I've done with milk um, has been the like the sticky note event we do every year but um, I'll say that because it's really fun to like a lot of people usually come to that meeting where we actually make the sticky notes so it's kind of fun to like see everybody write what they're writing or draw the pictures that they're doing um, and like put them on the wall and then it's a very cool again to see like the next day when you come to school and you go to lunch and you see like a bunch of the, the sticky notes are gone because people have taken them so I think it's really cool that like you get to do something and you guys actually see like the effect of what you've done and you can like see people carrying them around in the hallways and things like that. Um, my, mine is kind of similar to Enzo's. It kind of falls on the same umbrella, but the idea for me, um, like the favorite things I've done have all been like getting resources out to people to be able to find like the help they need, whether it be to middle schoolers, like Enzo was talking about, but just like the people, or maybe just like the people in our buildings, just talking about like, um, of oh, school-based health center or the school psychologist or the teen talk counselor or like whatever. And then I was a little too late uh for like helping out with the talk spots but we now have all those in in like all of the the high schools and the middle schools and i don't know it's important to me that we continue to do that and it's important to me that we have done that 
um, and gotten that information out for the people who will use it and will need it. So, yeah. I just like going to different events and explaining what milk is because people seem really interested in what we do. And I feel good like uh, giving out um, resources. So my favorite, one of my favorite parts of milk is probably like making literature or like seeing what literature other people make because I remember like one of the first ever like ways that I found out about milk was because one of my friends would like hand me literature and I always like actually read it and was really interested in it and I think it like touched me I was like wow like this thing is really good it's informative and you know it just made me feel better so the fact that I can do that and like maybe make other people feel the same way or feel proud oh like something's being like shown to a bunch of students at our school it like makes me feel like really fulfilled and I feel like maybe I'm helping someone and making a difference in a way. My favorite thing is also the sticky note event. I thought it was so cool and it was so much fun to see everyone's reactions to the sticky notes. And I remember like everyone was so happy that day and people were passing around sticky notes. And it was just a cool thing to see because obviously this didn't happen in my middle school. And seeing so many people happy just made me feel happy too. I think my favorite thing Milk has done this year was um, writing messages in chalk in the courtyard. I love being a part of that and I love seeing everybody react to all the messages the next day. Okay, now we will be transitioning to the information section of our podcast. We'll, we will be covering the topic of back to school. So far, I hope that everyone is having a great start to the 2023-2024 school year. As we get back into the swing of things, it is important to build good habits so that they will stick with you for the rest of the school year. Just a reminder that everyone is different. While some tips or study methods might work for some people, they might not work for others. You might have to try a lot of different things before you settle on one thing that works for you. It's important to remember to not lose hope until you can eventually find something that works. One of the main ways to reduce stress from schoolwork is by having good time management. I know it's hard, but try not to procrastinate your assignments. A lot of people think they work better under pressure, but it's easier to get assignments done as soon as possible so you don't have to worry about them. There are some ways to help with procrastination. Uh, first is creating to-do lists. So creating to-do lists can help visualize what you need to do and crossing off items from that to-do list can help feel more motivated. I personally use a planner. I think it's really helpful. Another way um, that you can help with time management is by prioritizing your tasks. So this kind of goes along with the to-do list, but when you create your to-do list, you can order them by what is the most urgent or important. So for example, if you, or I guess in several public schools, let's say you have assignment due for B day, but it's like an A day or something, you might want to get that B day uh, assignment done first before you start working on your A day assignments. Um, and by prioritizing your tasks, it allows you to tackle the most pressing matters first, so they aren't sitting in the back of your mind and causing you to stress. Um, so the next one is breaking tasks into smaller steps. This one, um, I want to talk about because it's so personally helpful for me, like big overarching tasks that like, oh, you have a long time to do them, but there are these all different things with a bunch of different stuff going on. It just, in my brain, it's really hard for me to motivate to let's just get started and work on something like that. 
So it's much easier, like specifically something personally right now that I'm working on is like applying for college. It was much easier for me to kind of get into the mindset of doing all the different things. If I like broke them into tasks, like, oh, make a list, like look at majors, uh, like do my activities page, like do the college essay, like it's breaking them in into different tasks that are so much more digestible and like. I can envision myself, I can like, I can sit down and I can get this done and then I can sit down and I get this done. And it, it creates like this feeling of like, I'm getting something done rather than I'm working at this thing and I'm getting closer to finishing it, but I'm, I'm still going to take so long to finish it. And it's just, you feel like you're achieving something rather than slowly reaching your way towards this one big goal. It, it, it really helps me. So the next one is remove distractions. And this one is really helpful for me personally, but I'm sure it'll help a ton of other people. So try finding somewhere quiet and calm where you can complete your schoolwork without any distractions. Try putting your phone or any other devices in another room or somewhere else that is out of reach. So, you know, after school every day, when I like take out all my homework, I usually put my phone out in the living room instead of in my room because when my phone's next to me, I go on my phone, I don't really do my work. But yeah, when my phone is not in front of me, then I'm actually able to be productive. The next uh, method is you could try the Pomodoro technique, which is a time management method that involves a 25 minute period of work with no breaks or distractions. And then it's followed by a five minute break. And after every four periods of work, you can take a longer 15 to 30 minute break. So this is kind of a way for you to just kind of lock in and complete your schoolwork. And then knowing that at the end of that, you're going to have um, a bit of a break. Uh, it's really helpful to just get your assignments done kind of rapidly. Um, and it helps promote sustained concentration and prevent mental fatigue. You can also find someone to work with. Although, do, although doing work with a friend can sometimes be distracting, you can find someone who holds you accountable and that you can hold accountable. If you get off task, make sure the other person is willing to call you out and put you back on task. Collaborating with other people is more fun and can help you generate new ideas. Although school can be stressful and take up a lot of your time, it is important to remember to practice self-care. Practicing self-care improves your mental health, which motivates you to do more and do better in school. Self-care can be any activity, practice, or habit that helps promote your physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Self-care can be a physical activity such as exercising and maintaining a healthy diet, a mental activity such as practicing mindfulness, reading, or listening to music, or a spiritual or social activity such as attending religious events or spending time with your family and friends. Try practicing a variety of self-care methods until you find a few that work really well for you. Sleep is also very important. Getting a good amount of sleep helps your physical and mental health. Uh, Teenagers should get around eight to 10 hours of sleep every 24 hours. Reminder, in Stanford Public Schools, students have two mental health wellness days off allowed for school year. This means students can take two days off of excused absence from school to focus on their mental health. These two days cannot be taken consecutively. We'll now be transitioning to the conversation section of the podcast. So the first question that we have for everyone is what are some strategies that have helped you to succeed in school? Um, so I'll start uh, with this. Um, I would say one of the main things that I do that helps me to succeed in school is I create to-do lists. Um, so like when my teacher gives me an assignment or something, 
Um, I'm trying to get good with using a planner, but I don't know. I'm not very good with planners. I kind of just use a notes app on my phone and I, there's a little option you can pick that, has, that gives you like a little check mark dot thing. And then you like click it and then I'll say it's completed or you could just delete it off the to-do list. Um, but that really helps me because it may, sometimes it looks a little overwhelming, but then once you like start taking stuff off the list, definitely you feel uh, very fulfilled and it kind of motivates you to do more stuff. So I would say that. And also I kind of try to do a thing where like when I get home from school, I'll maybe take like 30 minutes to an hour just to like relax and chill, um, you know, after being uh, at school for a long amount of time. And then after that, I'll start doing my work and I'll maybe work for kind of like that technique I was talking about, but like maybe work for like an hour straight and then take like a 15 minute break and then go back and can just continue that cycle. Um, Personally, I think um, this kind of bounced off of just what Maggie said, but prioritizing, learning to prioritize work is super important. Like if you realize that you don't really have to, this is kind of bad, but you don't have to like necessarily do the classwork assigned if it's not due at the end of the class. Sometimes I'll take class time to do homework for another class that I feel is more important. And then just when I have free time later, do some like really simple classwork. It's really just about like optimizing time. So when you get home, you're not like piled on with work. Also, what Enzo said just made me think of something. Um, another way, which is something I'm trying to get better on. I'm not going to say that I necessarily do this, but use your class time wisely because I know a lot of times I'll be sitting in class and I'll be like talking to my friends. I'll be like, oh yeah, like I could do this assignment later. And then I say that for every class. So then when I get home, I'm like, oh, oh no, I have all this work to do. So use your class time wisely and actually get the work done in that class. So then when you go home, you don't have as much work to do. A suggestion I would have would be to like um, do a little bit of studying every single day. It's definitely hard to do Like It's easier said than done. I think a lot of people try to just like do everything right before the exam. And I've been guilty of that myself. But over time, it's better for retention to, you know, distribute your practice. And it's just um, it like leaves you with a lot less stress if you have studied the concept and like know it better. And it's in a week in advance before the test. Um, what I like to do is uh, plan what like assignments I'm going to do like the day before so I know of, like what assignments I can get done today and like what assignments I can work on tomorrow just planning everything out ahead that really works for me. Um, for me I'm big on not procrastinating and doing my work as soon as I get home um, just getting everything done earlier allows me to have time for myself and do the things I want to do. For me, I usually try to like do at least one question of my homework in school. So like if I'm at debate, for example, after school, I try to get as much work as, as much work done because, you know, I don't want like a ton of work to do at home. And then like Ruby, I usually try to do all my work as soon as I get home, which that doesn't happen every single time, but I try because then once I'm done the rest of the day, I have to myself. So another question would be when you're feeling overwhelmed by school, what do you do? And for me, I try to, you know, like, it depends what I'm feeling overwhelmed about. If maybe I'm feeling overwhelmed with assi assignments, I just try to, like, as you guys said, make a to-do list or um, I'm feeling overwhelmed like maybe I don't understand a concept or something um I think there's a lot of resources that we have like living in a digital age of course like there's so many like opportunities to 
find something online or look in the textbook or ask the teacher. Teachers are around pretty often. So um, that's what I tend to do. And with my schedule, I think, you know, I just try to like be as fast as what I can do and do as much of as much work as possible, like in places like even like on the on like the bus ride to school so I can maximize my um, like product productivity. Um, I would say when I'm feeling overwhelmed by school, I definitely um, lean on my friends a lot. Um, like not necessarily saying I like just like take all the work from them, but like letting them know like, hey, like I'm stressed. Um, maybe you could help me with this one assignment. And then like next time, maybe if you're feeling overwhelmed, like I can help you with that. But definitely like using them um, to like if I have any questions or something, or maybe I don't have enough time to do it in being like, oh, hey, like what did you do for this? Like just to get an idea. So like when I get started doing my work, like I kind of know what I'm supposed to be doing. This is kind of similar to what I said earlier, but just like when I'm super overwhelmed, it's it helps me to just think about like, okay, when you break it down into each individual thing, it's not that bad. Like there's been multiple times like this, like last year where I felt like, oh, I have this and this and this and this. But when you think about it individually, you're like, okay, this should take me like an hour this should take me like half an hour and then when you break it down and get to work on each individual thing and just get focused and do each individual thing it it feels like it when you're not doing it it feels like it's going to take a lot more time than it is when you actually do it uh, if you especially when like you like the question pertains to it's like when you're feeling super overwhelmed it always feels like everything is so massive and so important it's going to take forever to do but when you break it down and just focus on it and do one specific thing it it feels a lot more manageable so I don't know that that's what kind of helps me like Maggie said I would ask my classmates or friends like what they did on this assignment so I'd get an idea of what I would do and um it make it easier to do assignments. Uh, personally, since so much of our work involves computers, I don't, I can't really name the last assignment I had to do for school where I didn't have to look at some sort of screen. I try to kind of just like put away the phone because my first instinct is if I have free time, just like, I don't know, text my friends, check social media, watch a YouTube video or something. But I think our lives can get really saturated uh, with screens and stuff and it is kind of easier said than done but i don't know uh maybe just like sitting on the grass like literally just the feeling of grass on your skin is a really calming one or sometimes i'll just sit in my living room if it's dark and just i don't know chill for a bit like let my eyes rest let my brain rest okay um how do you build positive relationships with your classmates well for me i like to treat everyone with respect even if I don't necessarily like that person, I'm still going to treat them with kindness and make sure that they feel welcome. Yeah, um, and like whenever like uh, a teacher, like sometimes like they'll randomly assign groups or whatever, even if I like don't necessarily know the person or like I'm friends with them, I still try to like make sure everybody feels included. Um, and I don't know, sometimes I could be a, bo a bit bossy, but I try not to do that too much. I try to kind of make everyone feel like they have um like they're contributing something and obviously they are contributing something but also just like being open and like 
discussing because I know a lot of times people are like scared to talk first in groups so I kind of try to like be the first one to talk and hopefully make people feel more comfortable with like opening up and um, participating. For me what I like to do is like I definitely like advertise like if any of my classmates need help with anything like maybe they're not understanding something or they don't like they didn't they weren't in class or they don't know the instructions for an assignment or anything um, I definitely spend a lot of time like explaining things or like helping people out because I just think it's like an enjoyable experience and I think it brings me closer to like my other classmates um but in addition to that like Maggie um in class I try to like make sure that everyone feels like oh like you can talk to me and I don't want to like contribute to that kind of like toxic culture of like oh comparing grades or like trying to be like everything being a competition so I kind of make I, at least I try to make people feel like we're just like all here to succeed together versus like making it about I'm doing better or I'm doing worse. Um, for me, I, I hope my, my classmates who are in this call can uh, attest to that, but I, this is more of a, a light answer, but the, the best way I kind of try to keep good relations with everybody is like when I'm speaking, I know I have a, a tendency to speak for a long time. So I, I try to not make that all just like specifically talking about like specific like if I'm talking about an assignment, I don't want to be just sounding like a robot when I'm talking about like, oh, this person in this book did this thing. I try to kind of keep it light and, and interject random things to not like, I don't know, it, like comedic things. I, I, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I don't I don't want it to feel like I'm just like I'm just saying an answer and everybody's like, oh, that's the answer. And it feels really boring and it feels like it feels like you're in like Ferris Bueller's day off where everybody he's calling all the names and nobody's responding and it's just a monotone. Everybody is monotone and it just, it creates some more fun class. It, it like, if you know, you're, if you're happy with your teacher, you have fun with your teacher or you have fun with your student or your, um, your friends and your, your, the other students. It's just, it, it's easier for you to have fun and therefore easier for you to learn. So I just like, making classes a little bit more fun if I have the opportunity. Yeah, uh, I really like what Lucas said. Um, we're really all in the same boat. I don't think I've ever met anyone who genuinely thinks school is like amazing. Like if we're being real, it is kind of sucky to have to give up seven hours of your day to this like regimented education. And so I think the best way to bond with other people is to like realize it sucks for all of us. And so like, make a little light out of it like i don't know maybe you don't really like cracking jokes but humor is really just like a really good antidote to everything sucks so i'd say um i agree with maggie like i try to make people feel comfortable when they're around me and for them to open up because that's just like the way to bond with people, you know, to make sure that they trust you. And usually I just like, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm very extroverted, so I don't just go around and like talk to people usually, but um, I do try to, of course, I try to be nice all the time. And yeah, when like, I, like in a group of introverts, I guess I'd be the first one to talk just because that's like, 
that's how you have build positive relationships by talking with people and making sure that they trust you. Um, Arlen actually said something that made me want to add something again um, about like the the grades and like people comparing themselves. It's definitely something I'm still trying to get better at because I feel like a lot of times like just apply, I feel like this could be applied to anybody. Like if you get like a good grade on an assignment or like you pass like a test or something, you're like you're really excited about it and you're like, oh, like I, I got like an 100 or whatever. Um, but I think it's I don't think it's necessarily the best thing to do that because a lot of times maybe somebody who didn't get as good a grade as you um, like, you know, I, I mean, I know how it feels to like compare yourself with people and it's definitely not good and beneficial for your me mental health. Um, and then you kind of just get stuck in that game like oh like am I doing enough am I as good as this person as good as this person did I get a good uh, score like as this person uh, did and I feel like it kind of like leads to more of like a toxic environment in school so I try not to like do that or like if there's a conversation where people are talking about grades I kind of try to like leave the conversation just because I know like a lot of times people feel uncomfortable with that or like I try to end the conversation there um, but yeah definitely definitely that. Okay, so the next question, how do you build positive relationships with your teachers? So I'd say just, like, don't be mean. Don't be that, like, one person who disrespects their teacher. Be nice. And um, I'd say participation goes a long way. I mean, I don't really participate that much in class, but I'm, I'm trying. Um, but, yeah, if you participate, teachers will notice they'll appreciate your efforts and like I know another way to stand out is if you like good, get good grades but like that's not the only way for teachers to notice you um but yeah overall to build a positive relationship make sure that you're nice to your teacher if you ever need help you go to your teacher and just trust your teacher overall Yeah, I would kind of I would agree with that. I think um, participation is a good way to kind of build a positive relationship with your teacher. Like I feel like there's kind of this like idea that like, especially as like an underclassman or like a freshman or whatever, um, that like if you like ask too many questions or if you answer too many questions, like you're gonna be a teacher's pet. But like in reality, nobody really cares about that. I feel like like if you ask questions, you ask questions. I'm it's almost guaranteed that somebody else in the class has the same question as you, but they didn't, didn't ask it. And I feel like teachers kind of like kids who are asking questions and like making sure that they fully understand the um what what's being talked about. Um, and then also like sometimes I'm not going to lie, teachers are not very funny, but they'll try to make jokes and you don't really want to laugh at them, but just go ahead and laugh at them. You know, it'll make them feel good about themselves and hopefully they'll, they'll like you and hopefully you can build a positive relationship with them. But um, that's not necessarily being a teacher's pet, I would say, but just like you know, try to, try to, like, connect with your teacher, and, like, try to humor them, and then, like, you can kind of reciprocate that, and it can kind of go, go both ways, and you can begin to, like, joke around with them. For me, I try, like, I know a lot of teachers are really lenient with, like, well, not a lot of teachers, but, like, it's okay for, like, five minutes late, or, like, there's, like, certain, like, people who are, like, oh, like, this teacher doesn't care, or, like, if you turn something in late, like they won't mark it as late. But I think that like even if teachers have like are a little bit more loose, you should always like remain the same. As in like you should always like I kind of just like go to class and usually early. I get to class early. I like turn in my assignments on time and I participate. And for a lot of people, it's like oh like it's not expected of you in the class, but it should be expected of you everywhere. 
I think teachers definitely take notice of that when you're like even if it's like kind of the bare minimum like it's something that not a lot of people do so I think that's definitely a good way to um, strengthen like your relationships with teacher or like see, like have them see that you are like a good student. I think a really good way to like get closer with your teachers is to try to like obviously you should still respect them but try to like remove this idea of like they're strictly your su superior and you should like never really treat them as a peer like never be casual with them like school is a very stuffy academic environment and you don't really want to contribute to that idea so I think if you try like of course keep it appropriate but try to keep a more casual like banter with your teachers or something like that they'll really like you like for example in my junior English class I kind of have a very like stuffy formal way of writing papers which turns out like really well a lot of the time I think but at the same time it kind of stifles personality and for one assignment I had written notes on my paper on where to improve but I wrote them in a very casual way like the way I would text a friend and then my teacher, she like made a little comment on my paper and she said, why don't you write like this more often? I really like this voice. And she told me like, she pulled me aside. She literally said, I want you to write like this more often. It feels like your true natural voice rather than like, I don't know, burying yourself in a lot of like academic formal language. And I did write like that for my next paper. And then I did really well in that paper. And I think I have a really good relationship with that teacher. I, I really want to agree with what Enzo said. I love some of my favorite teachers over like my years have been, I've just literally just been like best friends with um, like my seventh, and eighth grade English teachers, like um, my ninth or my, yeah, my freshman year, like history teacher, like there is like my favorite teachers. I can just like go up to and be like, Hey, what's up? And you just talk, have conversations about something that's completely unrelated to anything happening in school. Like it's, it, it feels so much nicer because I, it, rather than feel like I'm learning from this person who's like high above me and they, they know so much more than me and they have total authority. It just feels so much lighter. It feels like you're, you're having fun when you're learning and you're, they're like talking to you, um, comfortably and you can talk to them comfortably. And it also makes it so much easier when you can just like walk up and be like, Hey, I really need help with this. Or I really need like, this is a hard, I'm having like a difficult week. Can you help me like figure out if I can get like an extension on this thing? Like just being able to like go up to those teachers friendly is means so much. Even if that just means starting out by just going over up to them and saying good morning or good good afternoon every time you come into their class just becoming like it's not exactly like it's not like friends but like it's basically becoming friends with your teacher um but still having that same respect for them it's a it's an interesting little gray area but i like it a lot and i i still hold dear to my heart a lot of my former teachers that i would personally call friends to be honest I think that um, showing a little interest in the topic they're teaching will like, like will make them appreciate you more because I know teachers really appreciate when you ask questions that are relevant to the topic and um, that show you're really interested. So yeah, interest can go a long way.
Yeah, and like if you have a teacher first period, just say good morning. Don't just like go in quietly and sit down and just ignore them. And like for last period, like say bye, have a nice day, or even just like thank you for teaching me. If that's everything everyone has to say on that question, we're good. Uh, let's move on to the next one. So this one is for upperclassmen. Uh, for upperclassmen, what is some advice you have for underclassmen? So I'll start. As a senior, I believe myself to be so sage and so wise, and I know so much about the world. But uh, <laughs> personally, I think it's just uh, my biggest advice is to just... I don't know, to really put yourself out there. I think as a freshman, one of my biggest mistakes was like being afraid of being like judged for everything I did. Like I wouldn't talk that much in class because what if everyone thought I was like this loser who really wanted to suck up to the teacher? I didn't really join a lot of clubs because like what if everyone thought uh, I was like trying too hard to like pursue leadership positions or something? Um, I didn't like really go out of my way to do anything I really wanted to do because I was really afraid of like fitting into a new environment. And honestly, in retrospect, that is understandable, but also kind of just really, really silly. The biggest thing you grow to realize is that no one actually cares about what you do in a negative way, at least, because if you really think about it, if you're spending this much time thinking about yourself, then how is anyone else going to have any time to think about you? Because they're probably all doing the same thing. So really just don't be afraid to do whatever you want. No one cares. It's great. Yeah, I would definitely totally agree with Enzo. I mean, I'm a junior, so I'm not as upperclassman. It still sounds really weird to say I'm upperclassman because I just started junior year. Um, but I would definitely agree with that. Like, just just be yourself and do whatever you want. Don't worry about what other people are doing because it's kind of and just worry about what you're doing because it's kind of going to be like what I was talking about before with like comparing yourself to other people. Just do whatever you want to do. And whether that be maybe like take it easy and not really join as many clubs, then that's fine. If you want to maybe join some more clubs and uh, try to get leadership positions, that's great too. And if like, I know a lot of people will be like, let's say for example, like if you are maybe like get better grades in your classes or you participate more or you are in leadership positions and you get called like a tryhard or something, like who cares? Like you're the one who's kind of putting yourself out there and putting in all this work and this effort and you're the one that's benefiting from it. So it doesn't matter what other people think. You should just do whatever you want to do, do what makes you happy. Um, and then another thing I would say is to, if you are struggling in school, definitely go to your teachers for extra help because I feel like a lot of kids are like scared to go to their teachers for extra help because they think their teachers will either say no, which sometimes they might say no, but I feel like a lot of times teachers are pretty understanding and will allow you to either like stay after school or come before school or even like during lunch or something to come um, see them for extra help. Um, but it can be so beneficial for you and it doesn't make you any less than because you're asking the teacher for help. You're just putting in the extra effort so you can understand the topic and what you're learning. So um, those would be some of my words of advice. Um, I kind of want to, sorry, uh, I kind of want to talk about, I hope this makes sense, but like keeping your relationships specifically with like teachers, it kind of goes into what I was just talking about, where like a lot of times, like more often than not, you're not going to have like after maybe like freshman year or sophomore year, there might be a teacher that you don't ever really have again, or you might not have until like senior year. But I think maintaining the relationships that you have with teachers especially is important because they can help you in so many ways um like my um my creative writing teacher who i had last year um 
is writing me my uh, rec letter this year. He actually already wrote it. Like, and just keeping the relationships with the teachers that you had, especially the teachers that you enjoyed and the teachers that you trust, um, can be really important because they can help you with a lot of different things. Um, my, I think, yeah, my oldest sister, she had uh, her, actually the teacher got suspended, but she had a sub for like a, a bunch of her year in Calc. Um, but she didn't even have this other teacher. Um, but she, he was super open and she, he knew who she was. So he was able to meet with her Um, and kind of go over things with her, even though she was having like a really tough time in this Cal class because there was a sub and they, I don't think the sub really knew what they were talking about. So just having that relationship for her was really helpful when she kind of needed it. Um, so yeah, I think keeping your relationships, I mean, not just with teachers, but with, with friends as well, but that's also easier said than done. And that's a whole nother thing, but I think Just like checking up on them, stopping by, having a little conversation with them, I think is important. Okay, so my advice would be to stay positive, like keep a positive mindset, because I feel like if you go into a school year or if you go into a class thinking that like, or even a test, like thinking like, oh my gosh, like this is going to go so bad, or like this is going to be a terrible year, like I know a lot of people are like scared of like junior year because there's like this whole like mindset, like the worst year of high school and stuff, but like junior year was like the only year, like maybe senior year too, but like I feel like because of COVID and everything, junior year was like the only school year I like went in and I was like, I, I know it's going to be great. Like I'm excited. Like I don't, like I have like a difficult course load, but I just know that I'm going to crush it. And like, I did feel like I did really well, like academically. And I just had like a really great time and I wasn't really stressed throughout the year. And I think that like part of that was like my positive mindset versus like, if I go into like a class and being like, oh, I'm not made for this. Like I'm not going to do well. Then like, it'll definitely reflect in your work. So I think that like, not paying attention to like oh so junior year will be your worst year or like anything like that will definitely help you and it motivates you more like it motivates you to do better than just thinking like oh well it's destined because that's just like how life's supposed to be all right moving on to our next question which is how do you start a self-care routine um i would say to start answering this question i feel like obviously it's different for everyone because everyone's different and it's gonna be different for everyone how you start a self-care routine but I feel like there's that saying I think it's like it's like two weeks to I think it's to break a bad habit but I feel like that could be applied the opposite way um two weeks to kind of start a habit and it's kind of just starting it that's hard you know like once you actually like get it it's like kind of like oh like I don't want to well for example like I one of my new year's resolutions was to start journaling which unfortunately I'm no longer doing because I ended up getting too busy and was unable to do it but like when I first started doing it it was kind of like, like I did it for a few months um but when I first started doing it it was kind of just like oh like I have to do this and like just telling yourself that and like forcing yourself to do it at least for the first two weeks um or first like week or so um kind of like instills that habit in you so like every day like um it's kind of like it's kind of in your brain like oh I need to do this thing um, so I think that's kind of how, what I would say is probably the best way to start a routine. I would say um, looking for what you are like needing the most in terms of self-care, if you can figure that out, is a good way to start a routine. I mean, like kind of like looking up ideas or asking other people ideas about how you can like figure like the best way to like 
give yourself that is. Like if you think you need more alone time, maybe you can think about, oh, okay, so maybe I should have like one hour of the week where I sit at home and I'm not like doing homework or I'm not like spending time with other people and I'm just kind of like alone in my room, maybe doing something that I enjoy, like listening to music. Or um, maybe it's like something like, oh, I need like something to distress myself more and you could look up ideas and something. If you like doing your nails or something, you could be like, okay, like I'll make time to like get my nails done or something like whenever I'm free. All right, so next question. Um, this is a hard question for myself to answer, honestly, but I want to see what you guys say. Um, what do you guys do for self-care, like personally? Like, it can really be anything. It doesn't have to be something traditionally like labeled as self-care. Um, I feel like I, I kind of talked about this earlier when we were doing our introductions, but honestly, this one, the one thing that would probably be more obscure to me is like doing the crosswords. Like sometimes I get really frustrated when I'm doing them because I can't figure out a word, but most of the time, like I do it and like, I'll like it because there's a timer and like, I'll do it in less than like 10 minutes. And I'll be like, wow, like, like I did so well. And it kind of like, it makes me feel better about myself. So like doing that, I would say, and then also just getting like physical exercise, like running, I feel like is really good when I'm stressed because I can kind of just like put my music on and like only focus about like running, like only focus on my breathing or about like where I'm going. And it kind of like doesn't know since I'm like fo so focused on um, running, I can't really focus on anything else and can't really focus on anything that's causing me stress. So I would say those are two things that I do, the two main things that I do for self-care. I would say being in nature helps a lot. I mean, it's harder to do in the winter since it gets so cold. I don't really want to be outside. But, like, especially in the summer, the spring, or even the fall, like, kind of just seeing, like, the transition of the seasons, like, the leaves or in the winter, the snow, and, like, taking a walk outside and just, even if it's, like, alone and just, like, in your own thoughts, um, I think it's definitely something that helps me, it, like, makes me feel better as um maggie said it is like a form of exercising it's not the same as running um but it is also something like it helps your mental health and it i think it's also just like a good method of self-care to just have your own alone time and enjoy nature around you yeah i feel like just taking a break from work and i guess social media and technology in general is a good way to um take care of your mental health like to go for a walk or just sitting with your thoughts. Um, even though I do love my alone time, having somebody to talk to about your problems can also really help. Like I love telling my mom everything about my day, any upcoming assignments, just to like get it off your chest. I find it really refreshing. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I would like just sitting down and just having like really casual like conversation because even if it isn't like some about something super deep like i'll really just talk about oh how did i like english today to my mom it'll help me like unpack and like process everything throughout the day it's a really relaxing experience um i was trying to think of something more creative that i do but honestly um running just really helps me i didn't like every time I like feel terrible and then I like go to cross country or track practice and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have such a horrible time. I feel like garbage. Today was such a terrible day. And then I end up doing the workout or like running and just my mind wanders and I think about stuff and then I get back and I like 
I'm stretching and I'm just like, wait, I feel fine. I like feel much more relaxed. I feel like it, it, it gives me time to breathe. It gives me time to, it takes my mind off of uh, like bad things or like things that are stressing me out. It lets me kind of just run, especially if I'm running somewhere pretty. Um, during the season, we kind of just run around the city, which is kind of boring. But when I got the, when I get the opportunity to kind of go somewhere and like run through the woods or run through like some park, it, it's so much nicer because you don't even have to think about other things. You can just absorb everything that's around you. And it's kind of the same as, um, I think what I think Arlene said, where like what just being in nature is, is super nice because not only am I, I, am I like running, which helps me in the first place, but also being in nature, which also helps me. So it's just this stacking self-care on top of each other. And it, it, it's really, really nice sometimes. And even though I don't, I don't, sometimes I don't enjoy the actual workout part of it, but the, the mental part really helps me. Uh, does anyone have anything else to add on that question? All right, so let's move on to the second to last for this section. So how has your ability to practice self-care changed since school started? I will start. Um, honestly, I never really had like too intricate of a self-care routine, so I haven't been like personally impacted too much. I mean, in general though, my sleep has definitely gotten worse since we're still within the first like few weeks since the year started and it's really hard adjusting back from, you know, the 12 hour sleep schedule I used to have in summer to, man, I actually have to go to sleep at a reasonable hour and wake up very early if I want to get to school on time. So that is definitely a negative of school starting. Yeah, I would definitely agree about the the sleep thing. Um, losing sleep, definitely not good for men, uh, for self-care. Um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's like only been almost a month of school and I feel like my sleep schedule has already gone so much worse. Um, but I would say another thing is like, yeah, again, I don't, I didn't really have a self, like a set, like self-care routine. Um, but I would say in like school has definitely not helped me to practice good self-care because I would say an example of like one thing is that I haven't really been able to watch as many like TV shows. Um, like over the summer, uh, one of the shows I wa was watching was Ted Lasso and it was really good. And I would usually like start my morning every morning, like watch an episode and then like end my night by watching an episode. But since school started, I think I've watched a total of like one episode and I've had to watch it in like bits and pieces whenever I had time, like while I was like eating a meal or something. So that's kind of one thing that's been affected by school. Over the summer, I started like getting into good habits, like journaling and working out. But now that school started, I've had to kind of like Put those habits to the side to make sure I have time to like finish all my schoolwork. So I've tried to find like habits that take less time, just like relaxing in my bed for self care. The school has definitely like negatively impacted the amount of time I have for self care. I agree with Ruby. I journal too in the summer, or yeah, I journal. But now like there's just no time to journal. And my sleep schedule also is just really messed up. Um, and there's a lot of things I wish I could do, but I can't do because of the amount of work I get from school. So right now I'm just going to try to prioritize self-care while also prior prioritizing my work. Like if I don't need, if I don't have to do something, 
immediately, then I won't do it. And I might journal instead or like just give myself time to rest. So yeah. I feel like being in school kind of makes it hard. Like, well, it obviously makes it harder to like engage in self-care, but I think it kind of makes it like, it makes me feel kind of guilty even though it's obviously not like how I should feel and it's really important and I don't agree with that feeling at all but I think I can't help but think oh I'm doing this when I could be like getting an assignment done like a few weeks early or I could be studying or I could be like improving um I think it's definitely not that bad like I think I've had periods where I have felt worse like with the guilt like yesterday um I was like I can't wait to be so productive but I just kind of like got a lot of sleep and kind of like you know relaxed most of the day and I think I told my I wasn't even feeling that guilty but then I think I told my mom I was like I don't know how much I, I was like you know what like let me I'm gonna set a really early alarm for tomorrow because I feel bad because I didn't do that much work today and I was kind of hoping this weekend would give me a lot of time and she was like you know what like it's okay she's like you worked really hard this week and you weren't sleeping very early so like it's good that you find like you got some rest and like obviously I told her I was like I slept so well I was like this was the best thing in a while so um I think it's like kind of helped me because I'm like okay well like today I was still productive and that doesn't I don't have to sacrifice the fact that I got to relax yesterday and I don't have to sacrifice like my work I can manage both if I you know really work and if that's all everyone has to say I'll move on to the next question and that would be do you think school allows or school allows students to focus on their mental health I would say yes, which is probably going to sound weird, but I think it's not so much school, but I think it's like the pressure that people put on themselves because, you know, we're all taking like hard classes because we want to better ourselves and we're all like involved in a lot of um, kind of like extracurriculars because like, you know, we want to be involved in the community and we want to be better and we want to do well and succeed. But I don't think that like, I think teachers are pretty understanding and I don't think that like, um, school necessarily puts that pressure on us. I think it's just like the way that our schedules work and everything like that. Um, I don't think school is like super understanding of mental health. I think like things could get better and there could be less stigma. And I think it's working towards like becoming like, for example, like the two mental health days, like I think we're working towards making school like a more positive place and a place where people can talk about their mental health. And there's like definitely a lot more resources at our schools than there were before. So I kind of think it's like, depending on how you think of it. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I feel like it's not all the way there in school. I would say it's still safe for the most part. No, it doesn't really allow you to, but I think to a certain extent it does. But I do think that it's kind of like progressing. Like if you think back maybe 10 years ago, when there was much more of a heavier stigma around mental health. If you weren't, if you were struggling with mental health issues and you weren't complete and it was getting in the way of your work, you kind of didn't really have any ex excuse because it was more difficult to talk about. But now I feel like um, since there's less of a stigma and it's people are becoming more open with their mental health struggles, um, you can kind of open up to your teachers. And for the most, I think it depend really depends on the teacher because some teachers will be um, pretty understanding if you're like you're saying like, oh, I was just really stressed yesterday, you know, like I could have done like done the work, but I was trying to get sleep and I was really tired. Like some teachers will be understanding like, oh, like, no worries, just get it in as soon as possible. But other teachers, I think, will be like, no, like that's I'm still going to give you a bad grade for the assignment because you didn't turn it in. So I think it definitely varies from teacher to teacher. 
but I do think that there has been a lot of progress made in the past few years with um, like school becoming uh, more willing to help students in their mental health and that helps me um, that's I'm going to pitch talk spots which are still in all of the Sanford Public Schools um, they're little green dots anywhere where you can find mental health support um, usually like guidance counselor's office nurse nurse's office school-based health center, anywhere that you can find um, mental health support. So that's another thing that I feel like school has been um, kind of gearing towards helping students in their mental health. So if you are ever struggling, um, there are talk spots. I uh, really want to agree with both of you. Like, I don't think the school or educational system itself is the cause of like a mental health uh, struggle in recent years. I really think it's just because culture has not really caught up yet there's still a huge stigma surrounding it. It's not that there don't exist resources for mental health support in the school system. It's just that we still like as a society kind of look down on people who try to utilize them. Uh, and honestly, at this point, it's not really the educational system's fault. It's uh, society and culture's fault for not really being able to keep up with it. And to Arlene's point, the idea about like, it, uh, we all really like choose to take hard classes. I would agree with that. Like, at any point, at least for me personally, I could have chosen to drop down, like, take less APs, take less honors. It's just that there are, like, other external pressures that exist outside of school that I feel like are making me do what I do, if that makes sense. I think, um, like, not school itself, but, like, school culture, as Enzo said, is what's really affecting are the students to focus on their mental health like I know there's this toxic kind of like mentality like if you get less sleep and work on more assignments you're technically better than a person who like um focuses on sleep but like doesn't do the assignment so I think there's like a real problem there like sacrificing your mental health to get assignments done makes you more productive in some way, which is not true. All right, no one has anything else to add. Um, we're gonna be en ending and wrapping up the podcast. Uh, in one word, how do you feel right now? Um, so I'll go first and I would say, I don't know, I feel a bit restless because um, I don't know, I'm. This podcast was lovely, but um, now I'm thinking about some of the stuff I have to do, and I have a lot of energy now. So I'm like, oh, I'm 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 ready to go tackle my to do list. I would agree with Maggie. That's kind of like how I'm feeling. I'm feeling pretty calm. I feel like this was a really great conversation, but I feel like at the same time, but in like inside of me, I'm like so excited to like get all my work done. And I'm just thinking about like, okay, like. I have this much time left before it's like an unreasonable hour to be awake. I can do like this much, like this much, like this many assignments. So that's kind of like what I'm thinking about at the same time. I feel like I'm a little bit more relaxed than when I started. And I was thinking like, oh, I have to do a bunch of things after this. You know, I feel kind of like, okay, better. If I'm being completely honest, um, there are some other things that I could mention, but right now I'm feeling just kind of hungry. I'm going to go eat dinner. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I also feel satisfied with how this went. I'm I'm glad we're back to making the podcast, but yeah, hungry, I think. I would say I'm feeling centered, like being able to talk about all of this, especially like with underclassmen has like made me realize how far I've come. 
and also made me think about like the future and how much more I still have to do, but not in like a not in like a weird, scary way. And like a, I'm kind of looking forward to it, and I feel like I really understand where I am in in my life. It was a good podcast. I'm feeling relaxed. I probably shouldn't be since I have five tests to study for, but I was very happy to be part of this podcast. I'm also satisfied with how this podcast turned out. Um, yeah, this was just really fun. I also have like a ton of other things to do, but you know, I'll worry about that later. I feel relieved. Like, I thought this would be more stressful than I thought, but it went by easy. A big thanks to Wessel for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the first episode of this season of the Milk Podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every month. Make sure you share this with your friends and family. Thanks for joining us. Stay safe. And we'll MYL. MYL. See you later. later. <laughs>